banded together from remote galaxies, are 13 of the most sinister villains of all time, the Legion of Doom. Dedicated to a single objective, the conquest of the universe. Only one group dares to challenge this intergalactic threat, the Super Friends. I know you might be under the impression that you're listening to just another fanboy, but you'd be wrong. Nope, this is my other podcast. Welcome to another episode of My Other Podcast, the podcast created for you, my patrons. Unless, of course, it's an episode in which I'm talking about DC versus vampires, because those episodes are also eventually released over on the Just Another Fanboy feed. And guess what? This just happens to be one of those podcasts. That's right, folks. I'm here to talk about DC versus vampires, issue number five which was written by Matthew Rosenberg and James Tynan IV with art and color by Otto Schmidt and Simone DeMeo. This issue was published on February 22nd, 2022, which means that for you loyal listeners on the Patreon, you're getting this on Friday, February the 25th, while the rest of y'all listening to this on the Just Another Fanboy feed, well, I got you penciled in for March 22nd the day that issue number six comes out. I don't know if I hit that date or not, but we'll find out when we get there. So the issue opens with the Suicide Squad, also known as Task Force X. They are busting into a warehouse in Gotham City. It's an abandoned warehouse, and it looks like it was once home to the Joker and his crew. There's blood on the walls. There are dead men in clown masks all over. And, uh, Right away, they can tell something's wrong. So this particular group of the Suicide Squad are made up of, well, from those I can recognize, we got Deadshot, we got Harley Quinn, Boomerang, and uh, Savant, and then there's King Shark, and maybe that might be Parasite, I'm not quite sure, and then a guy that they identify later as Black Spider. So yeah, they bust in, and the first thing they notice is that everybody is dead. We shift from there back to the Batcave where Batman and Green Arrow are fighting the Justice League. And they're actually giving the rest of the team uh, a, a pretty good workout. Wonder Woman is sticking to the story that Batman has been infected with some kind of virus and that he's the one that killed Barry Allen. And the rest of the team are there to back her up. Now, I said in the last episode that I'm not really sure who might be vampires at this point, other than Hal and Wonder Woman, Hal being Green Arrow and Diana Wonder Woman. Um, But whenever they show Hal and Diana, you can see their fangs. And the rest of the group, Hot Girl, Cyborg, Superman, Martian Manhunter, you're, you're seeing their teeth, but they don't have fangs. So I'm assuming at this point that none of the other members of the Justice League have been turned. And there's actually a moment here where Superman grabs Batman by the wrists and he's telling him, you know, give it up, Batman. You can't win. It's over. We can help you. And Batman, with his tongue, cracks open one of his teeth. Apparently, one of his teeth is fake. and It it contains kryptonite spray of some sort, which Batman sprays out of his mouth all over Superman's face. And Superman, of course, gets weak right away, and and Batman clocks him one in the chin. 
We go back to the Suicide Squad where Deadshot, who is examining one of the, the dead bodies, realizes that there is no blood in that body at all. And there's a nice line from Harley Quinn who says, gross. Joker's gross, but that's grosser than his normal gross. And they realize that they are dealing with a Joker who is now a vampire. Deadshot calls it in to the, the Waller, Amanda Waller, the wall who basically uh, runs Task Force X. And he tells her, you know, you know, what do we do now? And she tells him that the mission is unchanged. They need to bring in the Joker. And he's like, ah, it's changed a little. The Joker's a freaking vampire. And it's at that point that we learn that King Shark may also be a vampire because he eats Black Spider. And so the rest of the team kind of circle up at, to defend themselves. And that's when Deadshot notices that uh, it seems that Savant is also a vampire. Back to the Justice League in the Batcave. Cyborg is playing the part of the diplomat. He, he steps between the, the one side that is Green Arrow and Batman and the other side, which is Hot Girl, Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter and Wonder Woman because Clark's out. Superman is out. He was under the influence of kryptonite, then decked in the jaw by Batman, and now he is unconscious on the floor. So Cyborg is trying to work with Batman. He's he's basically saying, "Look, I know what happened. You've been an inf- you've you've been infected. It's in your blood. We can help you. We can find a cure." Batman tells him that there is no cure, and Cyborg's like, "Look, maybe not yet, but come back with us to." the Hall of Justice, and they can figure it all out. And Batman says no. And he goes, okay, well, how about you let Diana use the lasso of truth on you? Because you're Batman's claiming that, because uh, Cyborg says at one point, I've seen the evidence. Batman says, it's fake. They're lying to you. And that's when he says, well, let's let's go back to the hall and figure this out. Batman says no. And he goes, well, what about, how about we have Diana use the lasso of truth on you and we'll see what's what. And Batman says no. And Cyborg's like, look, you got to work with me here. And so Batman goes to a a laptop and he starts typing on it. And he goes, I have the evidence right here in my computer files. The whole time there's, there's like a moment where Batman says to Cyborg, I didn't kill Barry. Hal did to which Hal responds, you're a liar. And then when Batman directs Cyborg to his laptop and says, I have evidence on my computer files, Hal's like, are, are, are we pretending that Batman can't fabricate files? And Cyborg's kind of holding him back. And he says, calm down, Hal. I don't like wondering why you want to fight so bad. So everybody's there standing around the laptop. Now we see, I guess, Superman is not unconscious. Unconscious. He's actually standing there next to Martian Manhunter. And I don't know, honestly, at this point, I don't know if that's a mistake based on something that happens later in the in the issue. We'll talk about that later. But Cyborg goes over to the uh, the laptop and he starts typing and you hear a computerized voice say, unauthorized user, security protocols enacted, and electricity shoots through Cyborg and knocks him out. And it also blacks out the Batcave. And not only the Batcave, the entire city. And then, of course, out there in the city of Gotham are, are the rest of the Bat family, Nightwing, uh, the two Robins, Red Hood, the the... Batgirl with the face mask, Cassandra Kane, I think her name is. Anyway, she is actually sitting on a rooftop and, and they're all speaking through their communicators uh, about the blackout. And she says the power surge originated near the Batcave 
Tim Drake, one of the Robins, he's on a motorcycle and he says, I'm on my way. Damien, you're next closest. I'll pick you up. Damien, I'm not really certain what's happening here. Actually, now that I've blown up, this is one of the nice things about having a digital comics on a, on a tablet. I, I've blown up the, uh, the image. Damien is sitting in some kind of fast food place or maybe a restaurant and he's eating a cheeseburger in the dark. And he just says to, to Tim, fine, whatever. So back in the Batcave, which is now uh, completely dark, the Green Lantern is using his power ring as a flashlight, basically, to, to try to find them. And he finds Batman kind of hidden back in this corner, and Batman is holding a box. Batman opens the box, and a bunch of yellow powder just shoots out of it all over Green Lantern. We learn that this is a synthetic, rapid-degrading, fine silica powder that is the color yellow. And he tells Green Arrow that it will neutralize Green Lantern's powers, to which Green Arrow responds, feels like it also might give me cancer. And Batman responds, worry about the vampires. And so there's a there's a nice little moment here where Batman asks Green Arrow if he has the right arrows. Green Arrow says he doesn't know if he has it in him, meaning he, he doesn't know if he can kill Hal Jordan, despite the fact that he's a vampire. Batman tells him that this is the fate of humankind and so that he does have it in him. Green Arrow fires his arrow saying, I'm sorry, and it hits Hal in the shoulder. And this brings us to the to uh, this really great moment here where he ducks back down behind there. They're crouching behind the, the, the this giant tire that's on the the uh, Batmobile. And he, you know, he stands up real quick, fires the arrow, hits Hal in the shoulder and ducks back down behind the tire. And he says, I missed his heart. Batman says, you don't do that. Green Arrow says, yeah, well, it's Hal. What if you made a mistake? And Batman responds, I don't do that. Really enjoyed that moment. So Green Arrow jumps back up, fires another arrow, this time a killing shot. But Martian Manhunter is there. He catches the arrow. The arrow, however, is a uh, has some kind of flame device on it because it explodes. And uh, Martian Manhunter's hand is engulfed in flames. And as we know, Martian Manhunter is, in, is uh, vulnerable to fire. Batman jumps up. He's got like some kind of bolo whip of some sort with uh, flaming ends. And he goes after Martian Manhunter. He tells Oliver, the Green Arrow, to to keep everybody off of him. And he basically just drives Martian Manhunter back into a like a teleportation tube cubicle type thing. And as soon as he's in, Batman closes the door, teleports Martian Manhunter away and then destroys the controls. And he explains to Oliver the old Justice League teleporters operate on an independent power system. I teleported him away and then destroyed the controls so he can't just come right back. Hot Girl then attacks them, calling them traitors. And then the Green Arrow responds by shooting an arrow through one of her wings. We go back to the Suicide Squad, who are now fighting each other because Savant is a vampire who is about to take out um, Harley Quinn. And of course, the King Shark is a vampire as well. But before Savant can take out Harley Quinn, Batgirl is there, Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, and she shoves a stake, a wooden stake through Savant's heart. And it's another great moment. I just, the the dialogue between these characters I really enjoy because uh, there was earlier in the book when the Suicide Squad, when they realize that what they are dealing with uh, are vampires, Harley Quinn says, wait, vampires are real now? I thought they were made up like werewolves or dinosaurs. And uh, Deadshot responds, both of those things are real, too. And so then when Batgirl shows up and saves Harley Quinn, 
Harley Quinn says, thanks, pretty bat lady. And Barbara says, anything I need to know? And Harley responds, turns out vampires are real now. To which Barbara says, I got that. And Harley says, the Joker is one. And Barbara says, got that also. Anything else? And Harley responds, dinosaurs are real too. Which was a a funny moment. I found that a funny moment. Anyway, back to the Batcave. And the only people left standing are Batman, Green Arrow, and Wonder Woman. So... We can see Superman, he's out for the count. So uh, again, I think that panel earlier where it showed him standing with the net, the rest of them around the laptop was a mistake because uh, unless Batman knocked him down, then he got back up and then some at some point between then and now off panel, he got knocked back out again, that, that had to have been a mistake. So Oliver, Green Arrow, and Batman try to take on Wonder Woman and it's a, it's a nice little fight. But of course, Wonder Woman being Wonder Woman, she kind of kicks their butts. Um, Batman, however, is able to splash her in the face with holy water, which burns. Hot Girl sees this happening and realizes that uh, Wonder Woman is a freaking vampire. And unfortunately, the response that Hot Girl gets is then Wonder Woman grabbing her up and biting her on the neck. Oliver tries to stop her by shooting an arrow at Wonder Woman, who, of course, deflects it. So now it appears that Hot Girl is going to be turned into a vampire. Oliver asks Batman, Green Arrow asks Batman, you know, you've got files on all of us. What do we do? What's Diana's weakness? Batman responds that her weakness is her friends, which that <laughs> that leaves them useless. There's nothing they can do at that point. So, so Green Arrow's like, okay, well, that's out. What do we do now? And Batman, who's who really just kind of had his ass kicked by uh, Wonder Woman, he says, help me get on my feet, which Green Arrow does. And Green Arrow asks, now what? And Batman says, run. Batman goes running at Wonder Woman with a wooden stake. And here is where we uh, run into something that actually I found quite unexpected, though I don't know why I didn't expect it. When he drives the stake into her heart, it actually breaks upon her chest. Because Wonder Woman is super strong and has very thick skin that deflects uh, things. Not bullets, because she uses her bracelets for that. But apparently her skin is strong enough that a a freaking wooden stake would not go through it. And so she's about to take Batman out when the two Robins, Tim Drake and Damien, show up on the motorcycle and drive it into the back of Wonder Woman. While she's down... Green Arrow shoots an explosive arrow at her that blows up, and uh, using that as a distraction, he gets Batman into the Batmobile, and with uh, Damien behind the wheel, they take off. Um, Oliver and Tim also escape on the motorcycle, and as they're leaving, Batman speaks a code into his microphone, causing the self-destruction of the Batcave and Wayne Manor, so it all goes splody. Well, I don't know what happens to the rest of the league that were in the freaking Batcave. I know that I, I, I failed to mention that when Batman was pushing uh, Martian Manhunter into the teleporter, he says to him that he doubts that they were able to turn him into a vampire because of his Martian physiology. And so he's like the only guy, the only hero down there that he trusts not to be a vampire. And so he's like, go away and, you know, this is for your own good. Well, in the rubble of the Batcave or Wayne Manor, we see Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern, with an arrow still in his shoulder. 
And then Diana, Wonder Woman, she's standing up and Hal tells them that they got away. And uh, he's telling her that the master will not be pleased. And then up from the rubble comes Superman. And this is the, this is, you know, this is a very ominous ending to this book because as Superman is trying to pull himself up, he says, he sprayed me with kryptonite. I can barely stand. And the word bubble that they use makes it very obvious that even speaking, he's having a hard time even speaking. That's how weak he is. And Hal says to him, take it easy, Clark. And Wonder Woman says, we've got you now. And then that's how the fricking issue ends. This issue is entitled Darkness Falls on Gotham. And it it really ramped up the 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 story at this point. I, I'll, I'll say real quick, I believe this is the first issue in which we have someone else other than Otto Schmidt listed under art and color. Um, I'm not, I've never heard of Simone DeMeo before. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name correctly. Um, but all of the non-Batcave scenes, every scene that was not within the Batcave seemed to be colored in a, in a different kind of fashion. There seemed to be almost a gloss on it that I did not care for at all. And frankly, the very first page in this issue is the Suicide Squad. So it has this very strange, um, like I said, it's like a gloss coloring on it. Everything just looks shiny and glossy and almost like it's been filtered through some kind of a, I don't know, almost like a, a slight blur to the gloss. And I just right away, I'm like, okay, did they change artists? Because I just, I didn't like it. So first off, I don't know if um, these scenes that are not within the the Batcave, because the credits actually state art and color by Otto Schmidt and Simone DeMaio. And so I don't know if these scenes were just, were drawn by Otto Schmidt and then colored by Simone, uh, or if Simone actually did the art and coloring on these pages, but it's not that it's bad. I'm just not a fan of the way it looks compared to the scenes within the Batcave. Just the, like I said, there's just some kind of filter over it. I feel like there's just some kind of weird, glossy, blurry type filter that just, I just don't care for. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying that uh, uh, other people probably wouldn't enjoy it. Some people may find it quite enjoyable. I just, it's just not for me. And it did make me, like I said, page one, I was like, whoa, do we got a new artist? And again, the art doesn't look all that dissimilar from Otto Schmidt, which is why uh, part of me thinks that he did do all the pencils and inks throughout the entire issue. And maybe this uh, Simone person did the coloring on these other pages but I'm not sure. I'm not 100% positive. If you know, let me know. Um, not that it matters. It's still a, a darn good story. It's just that those pages kind of threw me out a little bit. Um, and I'm not, you know, unless uh, he's just running behind and he needed some help because he he is literally doing it all. Those first four issues, he's all of the art is him. The pencils, the inks, the colors, it's all Otto Schmidt. So I, I'm I'm assuming unless they got a really big head start, which... They could have, because this is not an in-continuity story, unless they got a big head start, he, Otto, Otto Schmidt is going to need some help at some point throughout this series to, to keep it on uh, schedule. And, I, and I'm assuming that's what's happening here in this, in this issue. Um, it didn't ruin the enjoyment of the story for me. It's just that uh, I, don't, I don't care for the look. It's got, like I said, it's got a weird, glossy, glowy, blurry type of filter on it that just, eh, it's not for me. 
otherwise, uh, another great freaking issue. Again, they they kind of kicked it up a notch at this point. Um, really kind of sad that Hot Girl got turned, uh, and now it seems like Superman is going to get turned. I just can't imagine. I mean, we had the scene where Batman tries to stake Wonder Woman, and he can't because her because she's just too strong. The the stake won't go through her freaking skin. There's there's got to be an option because. I'm assuming maybe if they tried, uh, I, I don't know, uh, I don't know. They they haven't quite given us the full, the, the you know, the rules for vampires in this book. In some things, you know, like if you watch the Blade movies, uh, you can take a vampire out with with silver. Um, if that's the case here, then they just need some silver bullets because I feel like a bullet will pierce her skin. Otherwise, she wouldn't deflect bullets with her bracelets when people shoot her. Uh, so her skin is not hard enough to deflect bullets, but it is hard enough to deflect a wooden stake. So I think that's that's probably like one of the, if I had any disappointment so far in the series, it's that we don't quite know the rules yet for killing a vampire other than a stake through the heart. And so uh, five issues in, maybe that's, maybe that's it. The only way to, to kill a vampire is a stake through the heart. I don't know. Um, I kind of hope that will become more clear because again, if, if, uh, if that's the case, then how are they going to stop Wonder Woman? And then even if that's not the case, if Superman gets turned, how are they going to stop him? Cause honestly, the only way somebody like Superman is going to get turned is if he is in the state he's in at the end of this issue where he is weak from the freaking kryptonite. Otherwise, yeah, they're not going to get their fangs through his freaking skin. But then that makes me think of Wonder Woman. If, if her skin was thick enough that that uh, um, freaking Batman trying to uh, slam a, a wooden stake through her heart, if her skin just completely shattered that stake, how did Hal Jordan's teeth get into her skin? You know, I just, I don't, those are some questions that I have. They haven't made that quite clear. Are vampires so strong that their teeth can break through her skin? but yet not Superman skin. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm confused at this point. It's a, it's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful series so far. I'm having a lot of fun, but there are just questions now just simply because of this issue and the fact that Wonder Woman couldn't be staked that I'm, I'm starting to hope that we get a little bit of clarity here in the next couple issues as far as what the rules are. Because anytime you have, whether it's a freaking zombie book or a vampire book, or a werewolf book, you have to know, they have to at some point establish those rules, because they're not, it's not the same, it's not a, you know, with, with with zombies, that's typically, you know the rules, you you chop off their head, you destroy the brain, the zombie dies, that's a fairly general rule. With vampires, there is this fairly general rule that you stake them through the heart with a wooden stake, they're going to die, but there are also other stories, and other uh, vampire uh, big, you know, big vampire stories like the, the blade movies where silver will also kill them. So they, I feel like they need to clarify that in these, uh, issues at some point really darn quick for me, but it's probably still not going to stop me from enjoying the crap out of these books. All right. Now, before I let y'all go, for those of you listening on the, just another fanboy feed, if you're not a member of my Patreon, you really should be. It's just a dollar a month. And you're going to get episodes like this one each and every week. Not only are you going to get the two episodes of Just Another Fanboy every week, and in most cases, you're going to get those episodes the night before everybody else gets them. Every Friday, you're going to get an episode of my other podcast. And the only place you can get them with 
rare exception, such as these uh, DC versus vampire episodes, you're only going to get them over on the Patreon. So dollar a month, that's what that's what you're going to get. And if that doesn't entice you, what will? Seriously, let me know. I want to know. I'm asking you seriously, what can I do? What can I offer on my Patreon that might get you to sign up and spend a dollar a month, $12 a year to support me on that Patreon? Just shoot me an email at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com and let me know. Beyond that, this has been my other podcast and I've been your host. And now comes the part of the episode where I say goodbye. Goodbye. baby.